What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Well, we have got a lot to discuss. If you thought the upsets were going to stop in week nine, welcome to week 10. The Miami Dolphins beating the Baltimore Ravens on Thursday night in a very surprising game. No catches for Mike Kosicki. Didn't even matter. An injury to the starting quarterback. Got the other starting quarterback back in. There's a lot to talk about. A, a right guard caught a touchdown pass. It was... Probably the play of the year, and it didn't even count. And really, that's just a small headline today because we got to talk about Beckham again. We got to talk with Dave. He was not on the podcast yesterday. We got to talk about Cam Newton. We haven't discussed that. And starters sit for six NFC home games. <sighs> Dave, wild game last night, sort of, in a way. It was a game where fantasy points went to die. <laughs> Unless you had Mark Andrews or Rashad Bateman. And then you were probably feeling okay about stuff. But Lamar Jackson was just under duress. You could tell that he was spooked from that pass rush. Marquise Brown had a couple of drops. Sammy Watkins lost the ball in the lights, I guess. I don't know what happened on that very first drive, that deep ball that he had. Freeman, I thought, looked okay. He just didn't get enough run. Le'Veon Bell looked like a word I can't say on the pod. And uh, Dolphins, I I think we're done with Miles Gaskin here, aren't we? Jamie, are we done with Miles Gaskin? I mean, it's... It's so hard to get away from somebody getting so much work and they get the Jets this week. So I would say no, but um, it's it's frustrating. You know, you'd like to see him convert the touchdown at the end. You'd like to see not one of his offensive linemen steal screen pass from him. <laughs> that was the craziest <laughs> play I've ever seen. Uh, Robert Hunt looking very fresh. Um, give the Dolphins coaching staff all the credit in the world for that defensive game plan. Uh, I saw this tweet from Next Gen Stats. So Javon Holland and Brandon Jones, they blitzed combined 38 times, 21 times for Holland, 17 times for Jones. Uh, the two safeties blitz more times than any defensive back in the game in the next-gen stats era, which dates back to 2016. Wow. So they just threw everything at Lamar Jackson, and his offensive line fell apart. He was flustered. It's the fewest points scored in his time as a starter for the Ravens. It was just an unbelievable performance by the Dolphins' defense. And I'll tell you what, we can beat the waiver wire story uh, uh, show now. The most added player, unit, whatever you want to describe them, is going to be the Dolphins defense going into the Week 11 matchup against the New York Jets. Well, we'll see if the Jets have another good offensive performance. I don't care. 
I don't care. Why not? That, de- that defense is finally getting healthy, and they look like the th- the unit that we thought we were going to see at the beginning of the season. All right. Uh, is that based on one game, or am I missing something? Well, the Houston game also, but that's more of the Houston yeah. offense as well. But they're getting healthy. I mean, remember, they missed Howard and Jones for you know stretch. Uh, linebackers were beat up. Christian Wilkins looks like he's playing well again. Um, but the coaching staff, I mean, you know, there was a, there was a um, some some questions about who was calling plays last night for the Dolphins. Uh, if Brian Flores was calling the defensive, making the defensive calls. Um, it looked Armando like he Salguero was. used to cover the Dolphins for the Herald. Uh, he's now with OutKick. Um, he said it looked like Flores was the one calling plays. And so if, if yep. there's a change and you saw a change, you know, again, good matchup next week. Going into the game last night, the Dolphins were number four in the league over the last three weeks. This sounds like an Azer set, but it's not in pressure rate. So they were they've been trying to generate pressure on quarterbacks for the last three weeks, and they really just just the door broke down and they came in on the Ravens. All right, that's some other things to talk about in this game. Uh, Tavon Young, another defensive back for the Ravens, another injury. They're pretty beat up in the secondary, but more importantly, Miles Gaskin. Yeah, it was a it was an ugly game for Miles Gaskin, but he did get a lot of work near the goal line. He had a couple of almost touchdowns. He sort of scored on a play that was called back on a false start. Not sure he would have scored if, you know, I think the Ravens kind of stopped playing. But I think he, on that drive, they had four different offensive linemen called for penalties. Wow. Um, so 14 carries, one oh catch. And um, yeah, and and again, I mean, the, the thing, the big deal here is that without Malcolm Brown on the field, this he is the goal line back. So uh, he, almost, he almost got in a couple times in this game. <laughs> He's the goal line back that has zero goal line touchdowns. I know, but he but he's only been the goal line back for four games. <laughs> but you know, we need to find some. We need to find another running back, a couple of receivers, because we know the tight end. The tight end is Tyler Higby, who's getting the most uh, red zone Almost. end zone opportunities. And yeah. Miles Gaskin is probably the running back that we'd look at. At least one of them. Who are the other guys? You think about that for now. Well, time. honestly, Dalvin Cook, right? Like Dalvin Cook just cannot score this year, and last week especially was really frustrating for him. Chase Edmonds, I think, was that guy. Uh, you mean just of not scoring? Not scoring, but yeah, I guess Edmonds wasn't really getting goal line work. But Cook, how many times did he almost score in, in week nine? Uh, and then know. receivers? I don't know. Uh, but but you, I'm, I'm cooking up something here. Hold on. Let me, let me go into the laboratory, Adam, and see if I can find some players who have been close to scoring this year. <laughs> okay. So, all right. Let's do another topic here. Jamie. For a second. Uh, Jamie, um, Rashad Bateman was good, especially down the stretch. And Marquis Brown did not have a good game. He had some some drops. He doesn't, he's not making contested catches, or at least he didn't last night. Very frustrating, but he got a ton yeah, of targets. Was, what do you make of it? Uh, I'll throw this game out for for him. Um, I think a couple things happened for Rashad Bateman. Uh, heard from somebody that I trust that Bateman is not going to come off the field in favor of Sammy Watkins. I don't know what the snap count was from last night, but um, I've got it. Watkins uh, Watkins did not help himself with the drop as Dave referenced and then clearly the fumble. Um, questionable fumble, obviously, but uh, it still happened nonetheless. And so the nice thing is, is that Bateman, most of it was garbage time with the two long catches at the, in the fourth quarter, but um, showed you that he's still a big part of this passing attack. And so, I think you just kind of throw this game out. You know, we'll see what happens with the Ravens coming off their game next week. I saw one of the Ravens beat writers write that, you know, how the Ravens have just been living dangerously for the last several weeks and they finally got caught. So maybe there's a little bit of a refocus retooling on how they're approaching things. 
not you know uh, getting ahead in, in games as opposed to you know trying these to, to put themselves in these furious comebacks. But um, Lamar's going to be fine. Uh, the run game is now a bigger question to me. Like Dave said, Freeman ran well, but he didn't, I, I think, do enough to sort of separate himself from where maybe Latavius Murray is when he comes back. And, you know, Brown, I'm not worried about. Bateman, I'm encouraged about. Okay, okay so uh, Bateman played 55% of the snaps. Sammy was in for 32% of the snaps. And Bateman really came alive on the final drive. You could tell that Lamar was looking for him, especially near the goal line, the pass that was intercepted I believe that was targeted for Rashad Bateman so I wonder if this is where Bateman really jumps off now it's also just just based on that game um there was a lot of times where Marquise Brown was lined up on the right side which is where Xavier Howard is and Bateman was on the left side which is where Byron Jones is if you're going to go at somebody in the Dolphins you're going to go at Byron Jones more so than you are uh Xavier sure Okay, and then you guys were looking for a wide receiver that's played a lot inside the five-yard line but has no touchdowns this is interesting 30 snaps inside the five-yard line for Van Jefferson this year, zero touchdowns. <laughs> that, might not, uh, that might not change going forward. All right, so that's your recap of Miami 22 and Baltimore 10. And uh, it was fun. You know, it was fun to see Tua come in. And he's another guy that people might be picking up for the matchup next week against the Jets, 51% rostered. Jets, Carolina, Giants, not the best schedule after that. And then there's a bye. Okay, a couple things I want to promote. First of all, CBS Sports HQ, 10 a.m. Eastern on Sunday morning until 1 p.m. Three hours of fantasy football advice. There's gambling. There's insider access you know, to, to uh, reporters who are covering the, the games. And there's just great stuff that's going to help you set your lineup and win your league. Watch CBS Sports HQ. Uh, you get the CBS Sports app. Get on your Roku, your whatever, Apple TV, Amazon Fire. Get it on your phone. and Or go to CBSSportsHQ.com if you want to just check it out. And we've got a Fantasy Football Today DFS podcast. So if you're into DFS or you want to get into DFS, Mike McClure and Sia Najad join Frank Stample twice a week to give you all the best daily fantasy advice for your FanDuel, DraftKings lineups, etc. Uh, want to win some money? Check out the Fantasy Football Today DFS podcast anywhere you listen to FFT. Dave, I got a real quick email of the day just for you. It's from Joe in Wilmington, North Carolina. Joe writes in, I think this was uh, yesterday, by the way. Ten years ago, Dave wished me happy 40th, wondering if um, my brother in our shared love of pizza could wish me a happy 50th. Uh, It has been a good decade, and I was hoping to keep this rolling. So can you give Joe from Wilmington, North Carolina, a happy birthday wish, belated? Joe and everybody else that's turning 50, happy birthday. Uh, Ten years ago, I was 35, and I was still making huge mistakes on which quarterback was going to be good on Thursday night. You can tell where my head's at right now. Uh, Happy birthday. Keep chowing down pizza while you you can. Happy Uh, birthday. Ten years ago, he was in nine leagues, but now he's 50. He's only in one league. So, all right, come on. Let's the birthday present. I think I was in nine leagues, too, and now I'm in 16. There you go. So I'm in the exact opposite direction as Joe. I got three quick questions for you as we get into the AFC, uh, not just the NFC home game, sorry, but the entire slate. Which I always ask you about replacement running backs. I'm not sure if this is the week, really, but got a good report just this morning about Ramondre Stevenson as he's looking like he's going to go. So, Jamie, you can start. Which replacement running backs do you like this week? Well, I mean, assuming that uh, the starters are out, um, we'll throw James Conner out of the equation because yeah. clearly he's in a different category but uh Dearness Johnson would be one 
Um, we got, you know, limited practice for Zach Moss. So Devin Singletary, you got to be a little bit concerned now that Moss is going to play. Uh, but obviously if Moss is out, Singletary would be in a great spot. Um, if Alvin Kamara is out, I think Mark Ingham's a top 20 running back this week. And then Ramondre Stevenson's a borderline top 24 guy, you know, just with the hope of he's going to get the majority of the work if Damien Harris doesn't play. So those would be the, the group that you're looking at there. Yeah, and I think, what, what are we thinking about Daryl Williams right now with Clyde edwards Zelaer potentially playing? Have we heard anything? Yeah, I mean, Eric Bieniemy, their office coordinator, said he looked great in the first practice, but I'm going to guess the Chiefs are going to be cautious with it. So, you know, those are the two we're waiting on, uh, Clyde edwards Zelaer and Chris Carson. You know, so we'll find out if they're going to play this week. Um, Daryl Williams is, in, in, in my opinion, in a better spot than Alex Collins, but Collins is still a flex play. And I guess the other one to mention would be if Carlos Hyde does – start in place of James Robinson for whatever reason. Robinson's trending in the right direction. But Carlos Hyde, as we said yesterday, would be a borderline flex. Okay. Dave, wide receivers. Uh, you know, let's say you're, people are nervous about starting DJ Moore or something like that. or um, Like me? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> or, or whatever. Any wide receivers you find yourself particularly high on that you might have picked up off waivers over the last few weeks? I don't know if I've picked up Marvin Jones off the waiver wire, but I kind of like his matchup against Indianapolis. They've really been bad, specifically against outside wide receivers, so I wonder if there's a chance for Marvin Jones to have a good game. Cole Beasley last week was terrible in non-PPR. He was decent in full PPR. Again, not somebody that you can find off the waiver wire. You might be asking for somebody a little bit deeper than that, so why don't I go deeper? Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones in the matchup against the Patriots, always a threat to reel in a deep ball, but I think he's more than just a deep ball guy. Um Maybe the headliner is Tyler Johnson because we know that Antonio Brown, not going to play. Gronk, not going to play. Godwin didn't practice on Thursday. We don't know if he's going to end up playing even if he does practice on Friday. Tyler Johnson's in line for a lot of work, and he's a good receiver that can line up anywhere on the field, and it's a great matchup against Washington. So I like him. I think fantasy managers can still get their hands on Jamal Agnew. Uh, Same thing as what I said for Marvin Jones, just the opportunity to get some passes sent his way against Indianapolis. And then you've got two guys in Atlanta and Russell Gage and Tajay Sharp who might be just like serviceable one-week replacements. I wouldn't. I don't know if I'm starting any of these guys over DJ Moore, by the way. Yeah. But these are all receivers that are out there where if you're in a pinch because of buys or, you know, because of Chris Godwin, you can gravitate toward them. Okay. Yeah, one more, uh, uh, James Washington, just with the opportunity of Chase Claypool not playing. Um, Claypool for the season's averaging just over seven targets per game. And so we'll see where Roethlisberger goes, but it's a great matchup against Detroit. Okay, and uh, yeah, Tyler Johnson is 3% rostered right now. Godwin, daily play too. They're, they're hopeful, yeah, save some money. They're hopeful that uh, Godwin will practice today, but as Dave said, even if he practices, it does not mean he will play. So Tyler Johnson, take a look at him if you need a wide receiver. And which player are you most nervous about starting is this just the DJ Moore segment? Because I can't get DJ Moore out of my lineup, unfortunately. But uh, and, and I, I think it's a pretty solid matchup if he can just get competent quarterback play. Uh, although one thing I've noticed about Arizona is they're they're pretty damn good against number one receivers. It's the other guys that usually get them, but that doesn't really exist on Carolina. I don't think. Anyway, which player are you most nervous about starting? Uh, Corlin Sutton. If people are still starting him across the board, um, you know you've seen now the three-game sample size where Jerry Judy has played two and a half of those games. Clearly, he finished. Um, the targets are down. The production's down. Now you're facing an Eagles defense that takes away the big play. So, Corlin Sun's one of the most, you know, uh, guys that, that concern me the most. How about a guy that 
we're going to start him anyway, but TJ Hawkinson lining up against the Steelers makes me nervous. I know that Cole Komet is coming off of a nice game against Pittsburgh on Monday. He was the second tight end all year to get more than eight half PPR fantasy points against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm. So I'm, I'm just wondering, like, is this going to be another matchup where the defense knows going in, Hawkinson's the top target, let's take him away in obvious passing situations, force Jared Goff to throw to St. Brown or Khalif Raymond or whoever they dig up to be the number two option in the pass game? And I guess I it depends on like how many targets you expect Hawkinson to get because they've only faced two tight ends that have gotten three, excuse me, more than seven targets. Um, one was Waller. He got 11 PPR points, uh, mm-hmm. which is obviously not good. And then Komet being one of the others. Robert Tunyon's the third. I can't make a good case to start Antonio Gibson. I <laughs> just yeah. a terrible matchup. Don't He's know. Running back with a pulse. So I think he qualifies as at worst a number three running back. Yeah. Okay. But that's it. I want to update everybody yep. on the Twitter it. poll that we had yesterday uh, relating to Carson Wentz, who said he's going to play even if his wife gives birth on Sunday, and she's due, I think, on Sunday. If you were a starting NFL quarterback and your wife was giving birth on Sunday, would you play this week? Who do? What do you think won? Yes, I'm playing, or no, I'll be with my wife? Yes, I'm playing. Dave, what do you think yep. won? Yeah. Uh, I think yes, I'm playing is what won your poll. Come on, guys. We got some we got sensitive, you know, caring husbands out there. Sixty-seven percent said no, I'll be with my wife. Carson wow. Wentz in the minority. How about that? <laughs> That's where I'd be. Because otherwise I wouldn't be let back in my house after the football game. You know, I once asked my wife, I said, if the Miami Hurricanes were playing in the national championship and I had tickets to the game and I were already out there and you went into labor, would I have to come back? And, you know, it didn't go over well. I shouldn't have even asked. You have to come back? Yeah, like let's say I was at the game, you know. I was like, I traveled. I'm already there. I'm going to go watch the game. And I get a, I'm in labor. Do I have to like? Do I have to leave? Do I, have I to- mean, I I almost had a similar situation, not for a team that I like, but for my job because uh, I was covering the um, Super Bowl in Minnesota, and we were three weeks out from our due date, and so we were trying to figure out, you know, what's going to happen. I was talking to <laughs> uh, people at work. <laughs> you know, they're like, "Yeah, just go back. You're fine." <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, but that, I mean, that's not your team playing in the national championship. I mean, come on, we got real priorities here. Uh, being uh, but mine was actually realistic, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the Rams signed Odell Beckham. Let's get to the news and notes. Now, we did a whole bonus pod on it, but I guess I, I should have asked, and I didn't. Uh, who do you like better rest of season? Just to get this out there, Woods or Beckham? Woods by a lot. Woods. Okay. Dave, what's your take on it? The whole thing. I think it's a dumb move. I'm but, not sure why they did it. I like, come on, what, what's wrong about uh, adding Beckham? So, so Van Jefferson and Odell Beckham had very similar A-dots, very similar average route depths, and Van Jefferson was more explosive. He had more yards after catch per reception, like two yards more than Odell Beckham this year. He had more explosive plays than Beckham. And so my initial thought was, why did they just acquire someone who is an older version of Van Jefferson? Which sounds kind of, you know, ugly when you think about Wait, Odell those, Beckham. Those numbers were Cleveland Beckham. Yeah, this year with Cleveland. Yeah, but I, I think I, I don't think it's an apples to oranges discussion when we're talking about a dot and route depth. 
unless the Ram, the Rams have a completely different view of how they are going to use Odell. So what but that guy, I'm not going to with the Giants, though. What'd you say? I, I don't care. That's ancient history. Well, it's, what I mean, I'm wondering is something he could do, though. What'd you say was Zayda with the Giants? Is that what right. you asked? I mean, what was his eight out at LSU? I don't know if that matters either. Well, I mean, but if what there's I, still things that he could do. That's I, you know, I don't know what McVay's thinking, but I'm just wondering if they're they're not going to use him the same way the Browns did because the Browns misused him. Okay, so that sent my mind to a different spot, which is maybe he's not taking Van Jefferson off the field, and if he's not there to replace Van Jefferson, he's definitely not replacing Cooper Cup. Is there a possibility that he's there to add more explosiveness to the offense and move Robert Woods? into a, a role where he's not on the field as much. So and you, so you my think they acquired Odell Beckham to take Robert Woods off the field. That's not what I'm going to say. Okay. Uh, I think Odell is there. I think Cooper cups role is locked in and I think his targets are locked into. If I had cup on my teams, I wouldn't be worried, but I bet that they're going to rotate three guys for two spots every single game. So woods might woods will play the most, at least to start. But I bet we'll see some three receiver sets where it's Cup, Beckham, and Jefferson. They're going to mix in. My guess, this is my guess, is that they're going to mix and match those three guys. And I think it lowers it a little bit for Woods. I still like him better. If I had to make a choice on, you know, keeping or cutting Woods and Beckham, I only have one spot for him. I would keep Woods ahead of Beckham. But I'm I'm a little concerned that Robert Woods might not get quite the same target volume or have as many opportunities to make huge plays. And we've already kind of seen it at, from a point this year where Robert Woods wasn't making, you know, a ton of explosive plays earlier in the season. He, he's bounced back. He's made more explosive plays than Van Jefferson this year overall. But I'm I'm wondering if that's part of the reason why they got Odell Beckham is not necessarily to replace a guy, but to just add more explosiveness to their offense. Okay, so uh, again, please listen to the bonus pod that we did. Heath's a little worried that everybody's going to lose a little bit. I think Jamie is not as worried about certainly Cooper Cup. Um, and Stafford obviously is a winner. Uh, but, you, you know, I think Jamie said basically Van Jefferson is going to get replaced, right? I mean, that's kind of what you think? Yes, Jefferson is the biggest loser of all this by far. Okay. Uh, and then as far as Cam Newton goes, guys, you know, first of all, a 2QB league, is he, well, everyone who's a starting quarterback is a must-add. But do you think he's going to be worth using? You think he's going to actually put up decent fantasy points and, you know, in a 2QB context i mean you know what he's gonna do with his legs you know as long as he's healthy and uh we had ryan wilson on uh fft yesterday on hq and ryan you know brought up the point of that on top of you, you know the vaccination story with cam newton and maybe why he didn't get signed earlier or brought in earlier is uh now that you know he's taken some time away from the game shoulder healthy foot healthy you know maybe as close to 100 percent as he's been in the last several years and that you might be getting uh, the the closest version to the best version of Cam Newton that we've seen, you know, since maybe 2018, 2019. So I hope that he'll run enough. I hope that he'll lean on his weapons enough. I hope the offensive line will be good enough based on what we've seen the last, uh, you know, several weeks that he's got that in him, you know, so it's just a matter of what your expectations are and who you're starting him over. But first week against Washington, we know that defense is, is certainly uh, beatable. Um, there's some, you know, questionable matchups, I think after the bye week, but prior to the bye week, you know, their buys in week 14, he has a chance to give you a few good games. So I don't have a problem. He should be picked up and obviously all super flex and two QB leagues, but in, even in some deeper one QB leagues, he might be a good bye week replacement. Okay. 12 rushing and touchdowns. Tyler and Mahomes have buys in week 12, 
Wentz and Hurts have bye weeks in week 14. Uh, do we still think the Dolphins' defense is a good matchup? Because that's who Cam has in Week 12. He's got Atlanta in Week yeah, 14. If I have any of those, if I have any of the quarterbacks I just named, Murray, Mahomes, Wentz, Hurts, and I don't have a good backup quarterback already, I'm going to make a play for Cam now, and I'll evaluate him in Week 11, Week 10 if he plays, and maybe use him as my bye week guy for my stud quarterback. DJ Moore value has to go up, right? But significantly. Well, I mean, I don't think he's going to get worse than what he's been the last, you know, four or five weeks. Um, you know, the hope would be is what he, what he showed you in the first three weeks of the season. And that I hope the correlation more so than the quarterback play is just McCaffrey being back on the field and, and giving him a little bit of a breather with, you know, focus elsewhere. Um, I, I mean, the, the, the one that should fluctuate the most hopefully would be Robbie Anderson, you know, that Cam can get him going to to whatever extent is, and and maybe PJ Walker does. I mean, clearly there's a disconnect between Sam Darnold and Robbie Anderson. If you watched the game last week and saw the sideline antics, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. those two guys were not on the same page by any stretch. So Adam Gates is like, ha 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 ha. Hopefully it's uh, <laughs> hopefully it's a it's a Robbie Anderson. Uh, it's a quarterback problem, and and Cam addresses the quarterback problem. Hopefully PJ Walker addresses the quarterback problem for Robbie Anderson. If you have Robbie Anderson, you've been holding him all this time. Don't drop him. Just see what happens after a week or two. All right, Robert Woods or DJ Moore, rest of season? Uh, Woods, though. I uh, I think I would go with Woods. As a Christian McCaffrey manager, I will breathe a little bit of a sigh of relief. I just think I was just worried about them having just a miserable offense. I know at least Cam has a track record of giving McCaffrey 100 catches back in 2018. So, you know, I it just not that I was all that nervous, but... I, w- I guess I was nervous that he was going to be more like RB5 and not RB1. I think this gives him a little bit better chance to be the Christian McCaffrey we drafted him to be. Okay, let's uh, let's get to the news and notes. There's a lot of it here. And, okay, we've got, we've got Alvin Kamara missing practice with a knee injury again. So, as Jamie said, Mark Ingram would be top 20, and we're going to look at that game a little bit later. Uh, Najee Harris was limited with a foot issue. We're not expecting that to be a big deal right now. But if you wanted to get ahead of it, who's the handcuff for Najee Harris? Oh, puke. Probably Benny Snow. I'd say Kalen Balazs. It's It would be a split. <laughs> Woohoo. Chris, God, Chris Godwin mispractice. Uh, you know, we, we already talked about this with Tyler Johnson. James Robinson did practice, so that's good. Dallas, tough break for them. Randy Gregory, pass rusher for them. He's on IR with a calf injury. He'll miss at least three games. Michael Gallup is going to play this week against the Falcons. Excellent. A.J. Green is back. Did you know that A.J. Green is averaging the most yards per target of his career? Is that wild? And the second highest yards per catch. I couldn't believe it. That's delightful. Yeah, yeah. So if Hopkins is out and Green is back, which he will be, I think it's pretty interesting. All right. You know. I still look at him as a touchdown needy wide receiver. I think his chances of getting one of those goes up considerably if Hopkins doesn't play. Well, it's also who's the quarterback. Yeah, obviously it's got it's got to be Kyler for you to feel confident in AJ Green. Okay. Speaking of which, Kyler Murray has not practiced. You know, he spoke earlier in the week about being optimistic, but still, he and Hopkins, we just don't know. Rondell Moore also in the concussion protocol. Sean McDermott, he really wants the Bills to run the football. I don't know that they can, yep. but he wants them to. Mentioned that after the loss against Jacksonville. That they, they need to run the run game. But they also said that during the offseason. They said that at points last season. So I don't know if I'm 
buying into Buffalo suddenly force feeding Moss and Singletary 20 carries between them. Okay. And it's, if it's Moss and Singletary, that's obviously going to be a headache. And if it's just, if it's just Singletary, then you'll have a guy you're confident in starting. Uh, Julio Jones has a hamstring issue, so he may not play. And if he does, I just don't see how you can start Julio Jones. The Broncos are likely going to be without three starting offensive linemen. And they played a lot of last week without three starting offensive linemen, and they did quite well. But does that matter to you guys? They are are beat up badly on both sides of the ball. It's not just the offensive line. They're missing Bradley Chubb. Everybody knows that they traded away Von Miller. Uh, They're missing two of their top cornerbacks. They're, they're a mess, and you know about their linebacker issues. So this is a team that got beat up badly and still found a way to win last week against Dallas. I'm, I'm, I don't know if I can buy into them doing the same thing, just absolutely routing Philadelphia. Okay, we are going to talk about that game, but from a fantasy perspective, being without three starting offensive linemen, including their left tackle, does that get you kind of to avoid basically every Bronco if you can? No, I don't think you get away from Melvin Gordon with what he's shown you. Okay. Nope. Bridgewater's still a streaming quarterback. Judy is still someone that we want to call a number two wide receiver, but it's safer to call him a number three. Javante Williams has upside. Everybody else you can get away from. Yeah, this is going to be Judy's breakout game. I hope so. Man, I hope so. Rob Gronkowski will be back to normal in two to three weeks, according to Bruce Arians. Put him on IR. You mean right? physically or mentally? Physically. You know, he's kind of, you know, wild and fun. Yeah. Minnesota. I don't want him to get normal mentally. Minnesota offensive coordinator Clint Kubiak said Justin Jefferson should have had more targets in week nine. Oh, that's the squeaky wheel. Yeah. Squeaky wheel game. Here we go. Jefferson, give him 12 targets. Squeaky crickets. Squeaky crickets. David Bakhtiari was limited for the Packers starting left tackle. He's been out all year. That's really good for, for them. And two, two players on defense have been limited in practice for them, and that's big Eric Stokes and uh, and Kenny Clark. So two yep. important players for them. Stokes was the guy replacing Jair Alexander. He had been doing an okay job. This is the, the Packers' defensive scheme has done really well this year, especially in limiting big play receivers. Yeah, I think that game is interesting because both the Packers and the Seahawks have been playing better defensive late. You look at their schedule. What did we make of it? Uh, we'll get into that in a little bit. Jamal Williams mispracticed, and do you expect the following players? Zach Moss. At this point, yes. Clyde Edwards-Elair. No. Damian not Harris. Yet. Damian Harris? No. We're not expecting Damian Harris. Okay. We're optimistic about Stevenson now. Uh, no yeah, where Antonio did you see Brown. something on Stevenson? I saw it on my phone this morning. Uh, it was just... I was- and I was told on a Boston radio show on Thursday that he was closer to being ready to play than Damian Harris. That was the word around New England. Yeah, it's one of those apps that aggregates the tweets. Stevenson to practice looking good for week 10. Okay. And uh, Logan Thomas. How about how about Chris Carson and Logan Thomas? I think Carson's got a shot. Thomas, I, I don't know if Thomas has even been practicing. I know he's still on IR. He practiced Monday. Uh, I don't know what he did yesterday, but when he came out of Monday's practice, because remember they're on a bye, so they're able to practice on Monday, uh, mm-hmm. he said he was sore. So we'll see. Yeah, I think he's been walk- working off to the side. I'm not expecting Logan Thomas right now. I have him in one league, and I do not think I will be using him. Uh, I'll tell More you what. Of I- Baby Seal Jones. Or who? Oh, Ricky Seals. Baby Seals. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not the worst. The Tampa Bay 
not so good against tight ends. And again, that is another game we will be previewing here. All right. So I want to tell you about something I will be using. Uh, a couple other things. Adam. All right. Uh, Dawson Knox practiced in full. Mm-hmm. So it seems like he's back. And T.Y. Hilton practiced in full. Great. T.Y. Hilton's hmm. part of Beat the Waiver Wire. Now listen. Big Wireless has been ripping people off for years. There is finally a better option. Mint Mobile is the affordable premium wireless service that you buy online starting at just 15 bucks a month. By cutting out retail stores, Mint Mobile got rid of the crazy overhead costs so that you could score sweet savings every month. To get your new wireless phone plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash FFT. That is mintmobile.com slash FFT. This is great stuff, okay? How much is your cell phone bill? You want it to be 15 bucks a month? Mintmobile.com slash FFT. All right. Beat the waiver wire. Guys, we're way behind, so uh, I think some players... No, but this time we had the Beckham news and the and the Cam news, so... Um, Deontay Foreman, Eno Benjamin, you could take a shot on them, see what happens this week, see if they start earning a, a, a role that's somewhat valuable. I, I think Marquez Valdez-Scantling is kind of interesting... You know, we haven't seen a lot of him with Aaron Rodgers because he was hurt and then Rodgers didn't play last week. So I'm, I'm fairly yeah, intrigued. Same thing, with, same thing with him every single game. You like DFS. him more than Lazard as a beat the waiver wire guy? I do. I think so. I mean, I th- yes, I do. Do you? I mean, Lazard has scored, what, in three straight games? Uh, two of those with Rodgers. So, you know, hopefully it starts to, you know, click for him. I would I would take a chance more on him than I would Valdez Scantling. Now that's obviously more of a floor play. The ceiling play is Valdez Scantling, so it just depends on what you need. Um, I would imagine that if things go the way that they would like them to go, we don't need a Beckham game. Comes from one of those guys. <laughs> Ty Hilton <laughs> is another guy. I'd look at he is forty six percent rostered. And th- these are not Week Eleven specific. These are just players that might help you out down the stretch. Four, mm-hmm. uh, Darnell Mooney's another guy. He's fifty-one percent rostered. Fields That's too. Good. Yeah, Fields. Now they have Baltimore when they come back, but Baltimore's defense really that doesn't matter anymore. Not that good. What about Allen Robinson? What's his roster ship right now? Uh, he was in the seventies when I said to drop him. He could he could be in the fifties. I still wouldn't pick him up. <laughs> <laughs> I might I might pick him up. I wonder if with Fields turning the corner and seemingly going in the right direction, that Robinson can start to pick up some steam. It'd be nice to see. 72% roster for Robinson. Uh, yeah, I did have Justin Fields on here. I don't know how you guys feel about any Giants wide receivers, but they're all pretty much available. They got the Bucks on the road next week. Um, defenses. Who's healthy? I, I, Daniel Jones. I think they're all going to play next week except maybe Shepard. Right. Uh, so San Francisco at Jacksonville, Washington at Carolina, Carolina against Washington and Cleveland at Detroit against Detroit. Cleveland at home against Detroit. Cleveland 68% rostered. I'm think I'm using them this week in one league and against the Patriots, so you can keep them for that second week against Detroit. And that's it. Let's go to the start meter here. Knock out the games that we're getting to late on late in the show about uh, you, you didn't mention Elijah Moore also just in case. Okay. You know, gets the Dolphins next week. Good one. We'll see. If there's any others that pop in your head, Fire away. Okay, start-o-meter. The last three games we're talking about Rams and 49ers. So, Robert Woods, 0 to 10. A billion. Okay. How about Van Jefferson? Um, 
We got to see if Beckham, Beckham could, could play this game. Okay, I was assuming he wasn't. I would assume he's not also, but it's a Monday game, so you never know. All right, uh, so probably not going to start Jefferson, I guess. Uh, how about Tyler Higby, 0-10? to 10? Six. Jimmy Garoppolo, 300-yard games in two straight games for the first time in five seasons. Jimmy Garoppolo. Two. Four. Eli Mitchell. Ten. Eight. Hmm. Okay, uh, Debo Samuel. Ten. Nine. Brandon Ayuk. Seven. Six. (laughs) George Kittle. Ten. Ten. Atlanta and Dallas. Matt Ryan. Nine. Eight. Mm, interesting. Okay. Uh, Mike Davis. Two. Negative W. <laughs> Would you go with Gage or Tajay Sharp? Gage. I have Gage higher in PPR. I might have Sharp higher in none. Sharp's been playing more. Amari Cooper. Ten. Seven. Okay. Amari Cooper. Two games all year with more than 16 PPR fantasy points? It's not very good. And Dalton Schultz. Oh, wait, Michael Gallup. Three. Gallup is four. Schultz is a five. Uh, Six on Schultz. Okay. Carolina and Arizona. DJ Moore. 6.7. Seven. So you start Cooper over Moore? Yes, I will. How about... Oh, man. Kyler Murray, if he plays. Uh, six. Christian Kirk. Six. Uh, seven if Hopkins plays. If Hopkins doesn't play. Six if he does play. Five if he does play. AJ Green, if Hopkins does not play. Same. As six. Kirk. Kirk or Green? Kirk. Kirk. Ertz, zero to ten. Four. Five. Let's rock and roll. Philadelphia at Denver. Stat of the game. A tight end has 89 yards or a touchdown in five straight games against the Philadelphia Eagles, which is very weird because in their first four games, I want to say, they held Kyle Pitts, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle to four catches for 31 or fewer yards and no touchdowns. They look like the, the best team ever against tight ends, and now they are the worst team ever. Is that the game Kittle got hurt? I don't know. It was week two, right? Let me see. No, then he didn't get hurt in that game. He played week three? I think he played into week four. He definitely he definitely played week three. I think he played the first four weeks. So no, was that, that w- the game that Garoppolo got hurt. Nope, that was week four also. All right. Yeah, Kittle played week three, week four. Yeah, so anyway, uh, <laughs> Noah Fant or Dallas Goddard, who do you like in this game? Fant. I'll take Goddard. Okay. Jalen Hurts, starter sit. I don't mind him. Low-end starter. We've seen the Broncos give up 20 or more fantasy points to four of six quarterbacks. I talked about how their defense is beat up right now. One of the reasons why I think they did a great job against Dak and the Cowboys, well, one was because Dak was off target. Two was because the offensive line didn't have Tyron Smith. Um Tyron Why am I blanking? <laughs> Tyron, Tyron, right? Tyron, Tyron Smith, yeah. I don't know why I blanked on that, but I did. But that's a really good player whose name I forgot. Heard of him? And the left tackle was abused by the Broncos in the game. I think Philadelphia's offensive line will be 
in a little bit better shape to to uh, protect Jalen Hurts. And I think they'll throw a little bit more than they have. I think they might need to. But they're one and two in the games where they've been running like crazy. Their one win was against Detroit. I think they've got to try and let Jalen Hurts throw a little bit more. But you said that It'll yesterday. They're two and four in the games where they let Jalen Hurts throw more. Right, but those are the games where Jalen Hurts was throwing like crazy and they weren't running the ball at all. I'm thinking that instead of being like, I don't know exactly what they've been past run ratio wise, but it's probably been close to like 60, 40 run. I'm thinking they get back to it at least 50, 50, if not 55, 45, they need to find that balance. I think Hertz will be okay. Oh, I think it's been a lot more than 60, 40. I'm guessing because Jalen Hertz is averaging 15.5. I'll I'll give you the exact. 15.5 15.5 pass attempts per game in his last two games. So have the running back combined for 30. I'm yeah, I'm pretty sure they've had more than 30 carries each of the last two games. Howard Scott and game. Well, they definitely did against Detroit. They definitely did against Detroit. Yeah. It was 29. I think against no, it was 30. Uh, no, it's 31. What against Detroit against uh, the chargers something against Detroit in 29 last week. 29. Well, no, cause he had what it was over the last three oh, weeks. Right. It is, it is, it is uh 29. My bad. All right, anyway, um, would you start Jalen Hurts or Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers? Uh, Rodgers by a mile, and Wilson's one spot ahead for me. I've got Hurts ahead of Wilson, but I've got Rodgers ahead of both. Matt Ryan or Jalen Hurts? That's one I'm struggling with. Uh, I have right now Hurts at 11 and Ryan at 12, but I could certainly talk myself into Ryan better than Hurts. The last three weeks, Philadelphia has been 56% run, 44% pass. Yeah, but what about the last two weeks? Jeez. I think that's more like 66 to 33, Tyron Smith. All right, how about uh, why are you guys so low on Jordan Howard? You have him outside your top 24, even in non-PPR, coming off a 17-carry game, three touchdowns in his last two games. Jamie, why no love for Jordan Howard? I'm just concerned if he does not score because he's not involved in the passing game at all. And uh, they're still going to use Boston Scott and to whatever extent Kenneth Gainwell. And I think we saw last week that this um, Broncos run defense, despite their injuries, and I do think the addition of Kenny Young at the linebacker spot has made a difference for them. Um, their, their run defense was better. Yep. I, I mean, no, um, well, it was it that because they just didn't, the Cowboys just didn't run the ball. You know, I mean, they didn't really. Part of it, but when they did run the ball, how effective were they? I mean, Zeke was ten carries for fifty-one yards. There's nothing wrong with that. Yes, but that's yeah. also factoring in Zeke versus Jordan Howard. Well, yeah, yeah, it's, it's an injured Zeke with uh, with no Tyron Smith for what that's worth. But but okay, uh, in their last five games, they're giving up four point eight yards per carry to running backs. I mean, they've been horrible. This is this was. Yeah, but like you're, great... you're going back when their linebacking core was just. Completely I don't know that bringing in a guy who the the Rams gave away for well, like last a sixth games, round pick. Though. And it's not just Kenny Young. Baron Browning's been back. Like they've been, they've been better at stopping the run. The game they got better. The Cowboys game they got better. It's basically since the Browns game. And okay, last two games, sixty-four percent run, thirty-six percent pass for Philadelphia. I'm thinking there's no way that they stay at that type of rate against Denver. I mean, the only way that it happens is if they're playing with a lead. So who is the best running back in this game? Gordon. Melvin. Melvin Gordon is the best. Javante's better than Jordan Howard, too. Okay, yeah. Who's the second best? Javante. Okay. Uh, who's the best wide receiver in this game? Judy. I think I might have Devontae Smith ranked the highest. I'm going to double check. You are by far the highest on Devontae Smith. You have him in your top 24. 
I think I was last week too. And I'm just, it's just continuing on with my philosophy here that they're going to throw more than run. Uh, yeah. Look, again, this is like, it's kind of like DJ Morris. I have a lot of Devontae Smith and I, I think I'm starting him everywhere, but I'm nervous, you know, because he just hasn't really been that good. And then last week he was awesome. And then he, I just worry that he's the kind of player that's going to, he's going to be a fool you player. But I guess I guess he's at least the number three receiver. You start him over Sutton. Sure, at least the number three. Start him over Sutton. Easily. Yes. Okay. Goddard and Fan are both starts in this game. Dave likes Goddard better, and Jamie likes Fant better. Denver they have been very good against tight ends. Some of that's competition, but Waller had sixty-five for sixty-seven. Uh, no, Andrews had five for sixty-seven. Waller had five for fifty-nine. Schultz had four for 54. That's what the the must-start tight ends have been, you know, right around 50 to 60 yards, four or five catches, and they haven't given up a lot of touchdowns. Any interest in Teddy Bridgewater this week? He has scored 22 to 25, 22 to 25 fantasy points, and I, I want to say five of six healthy games. Maybe it's five of seven healthy games. Don't remember. Yeah, he's been okay. He's a good streaming quarterback, good bye week replacement. All right. Philly's allowed 21 plus to six of the last eight quarterbacks they faced. So let's talk about Melvin Gordon since if he's your favorite running back in this game, if Zach Moss plays, would you start Melvin Gordon over the over the Bills guys? Yes. Yep. Would you start Melvin Gordon or Devontae Smith? Gordon. Smith. Okay. Philadelphia gives up the eighth most points to running backs. And uh, Jerry Judy is a start. Noah Fant is a start. Denver DST is a borderline start. And we will compare those guys as we get further further into the show. Right now, would you start Jerry Judy or Tyler Lockett? Lockett. Love Lockett this week. Why? Russ is back, man. This is going to be all systems go. Shots down the field all over the place. I, I think there's more upside with Lockett, obviously, than there is with Judy. So I'll agree. I'll say that Lockett over Judy, they're close in my rankings. I do I do wonder a little bit about whether or not Russ in his first game back can can spike this Packers defense. It's they've legitimately been doing well with the scheme that they're playing. Fantastic. Yeah. I've got a Seahawks stack on FanDuel and it's really a gamble. And by the way, we're on to Seattle Green Bay right now because Green Bay, they're giving up 16 points per game in their last six games. But, you know, who have they faced? Pittsburgh gave up 22 points at Cincinnati in an overtime game. I think that was really impressive. The Bears, Washington, at Arizona, basically without DeAndre Hopkins, and then at Kansas City last week, basically without, with the, the as everybody's been saying, the Monstars have stolen the Kansas City Chiefs' powers. So... You know, I was very impressed with the Packers last week. But then again, I mean, the Chiefs are making everyone look good right now. <laughs> so I, my point is, I don't know just how good they are. One thing that scares me, this is why I really think it's a risk to go and DFS with a, with a Seahawks slate. They are dead last in the NFL in time of possession. They average t- less than 26 minutes per game. Lately, it's been more like 28 minutes per game. But... The, the Packers are great in time of possession, and they're one of the slowest teams in the NFL. So you might not get a lot of plays from the Seahawks. Combine that with their, their playing a hot defense. 
No way you're sitting Metcalf, but Jamie, I guess I want to press you a little bit on your confidence in Tyler Lockett. Yeah, like I said, it's it's the the it's more hope than you know anything I could sit, sit here and tell you because we know what Tyler Lockett is. If he's not making getting targets and making plays down the field, he's going to be a little bit of a frustrating player. But I think they're going to give him those opportunities. Uh, I, I just I want to see Kenny Clark play. I want to see Stokes play. You know, those are two big pieces to this team that's already down Alexander and Zadarius Smith. And so, you know, while their scheme has been good, um, you mentioned it, some of the opponents. And and for what it's worth, Kyler wasn't 100% in that game with the hand injury and then the, the ankle injury at the end. So, uh, I'll, I'll, you know, this, this, I guess this is me channeling Heath Cummings. I'll, I'll take my chances with Tyler Lockett more times than not. And I, I do think that Russ coming back is going to be big for this passing attack. I wonder if the there's any carryover from the target volume from their last game where maybe just something resonated with the coaching staff. Hey, Tyler Lockett's a great player. He's got great speed. He runs great routes. Why aren't we throwing to him more? Now, it's weird if they realize this now after he's been with the team his entire career that they decide to throw him the ball more. Maybe that was just a byproduct of their amazing matchup. But I'm, I, I can't add anything that, that you haven't said already, Jamie. You know what you're getting with Tyler Lockett. The only thing I can add is that Green Bay plays a lot of heavy zone defense. It's one of the reasons why they did well against Tyreek Hill last week. It's one of the reasons why they've been doing well against pretty much everybody. Lockett has eight catches this year of 10-plus air yards versus zone coverage with one touchdown. He has four catches of 10-plus air yards versus man coverage this year with two touchdowns. The difference between the two is that 77% of his targets have come against zone. So it almost sounds it, it what I'm trying to get across is that if he's playing against his own coverage, it it lowers his chances of having a lot of those big plays that you almost need to get from Tyler Lockett. Can he still get them against his own? Of course, he did it in week one. But it's still an issue that would keep me from saying Lockett's a must start. Gotta get him in your lineup, top 15 type of receiver. Can he get there? Of course. But he's also just as capable of being somebody that lets you down. I think that's why I've got him ranked right around 24th overall against wide receiver. I'm kind of couching it, saying that you know what you can get with him. That's why you start him. Um, I don't have enough evidence to say you shouldn't start him. Okay. As far as you know, the top wide receivers to face Green Bay, uh, Jamar Chase, Deontay Johnson, Terry McLaurin, they had huge Those games. Are the best three. But uh, everybody else has been kind of crap. Right, but who, who, when we talk about everybody else, there have been two... You know, two must-start guys that they have really done a great job against. Debo Samuel, 5 for 52 on 10 targets. And Tyreek Hill last week, 37 yards on 11 targets. Then there's DeAndre Hopkins. I'm not really including him. He had two catches for 66 yards. Remember the big catch? He barely he, he barely played. You know, he was hurt. Um, so I'd say mixed results against great receivers, which, you know, a lot of teams are horrible against great receivers, so that's not so bad. Uh, sit the tight ends in this game. Oh, Seattle running backs. How dare you disgrace Deguara like that? Let's talk about let's talk about the Seattle running backs here. How do you play it? You know, if Carson's in, how do you play it? If Carson's out, Jamie, how do you play it? If Carson's in, he's a borderline starter. I, I don't love the situation for him because I don't know how much I'll share with Alex Collins. If Collins even plays, I mean, he's still you know dealing with this groin injury. Um, if Carson is out, I think it's almost better for fantasy managers because at least you know you don't have to force Carson into your lineup. And Collins, you can try to treat as a, uh, a flex at best for me. You know, I just this is part of the reason why I like Lockett and Metcalf. I think it's going to be all about Russell Wilson this game. So uh, I don't think it's going to be a very heavy run scenario for Seattle, and I just don't love the setup for both those guys. Do you like AJ Dillon better than them? 
Uh, I would like AJ Dillon better than Collins if Carson plays, but I would start Carson over. I would start the starter for Seattle over AJ Dillon. Right. All right, Aaron Jones coming off a bad game without Aaron Rodgers, but he catches a lot of balls with Aaron Rodgers, and there have been eight, eight running backs with 40 or more receiving yards against the Seahawks. So don't worry about Aaron Jones. Get him in your lineup. All right, you guys differ on Rodgers a little bit. I wish Heath were here because Heath has Rodgers 13th, but you guys have him in your top eight. Jamie has him fifth, and whatever. Just start Aaron Rodgers. He's awesome. And um, he's it, it, weeks two through seven. That's getting rid of week one. Getting rid of the game, he didn't. He didn't have Adams. Azer stats. Yep, totally on pace for forty-two hundred yards, forty touchdowns, three interceptions per sixteen games. What's his pace even with those games? I do not know. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 is it that far off of what you just said? I would think it is. Forty-two hundred and forty is the pace I gave. I'm going to guess it's more like thirty-eight fifty and thirty-three. Go ahead. You tell me. Uh, let me know. Okay. I'll let you know. Jamie, I'll let somebody know. would you start any wide receiver other than Devontae Adams for the Packers? No. Like you said, if you want to speculate on MVS, you want to speculate on Alan Lazard, it's certainly worth doing. Um, and one of those guys, along with probably Randall Cobb, will make a play or two that you'll say, why didn't I pick this guy up? And why didn't I potentially start him? Why didn't I use him in DFS? But I think we know what this Packers offense is for the majority of the season. It's a lot of Devontae Adams coming up, a lot of Aaron Jones coming up, and we'll sprinkle in uh, we'll sprinkle in uh, A.J. Dillon as well. Uh, Blake, no, I would play Mahomes over Russell Wilson. Blake wants okay. to know if you'd play Mahomes or Wilson. Who would you play? Mahomes. Okay. Go ahead, Dave. Uh, 3788 is the 16-game pace for his entirety. 34 touchdowns, six interceptions. That was pretty close. I said 38-50, 33 touchdowns. If you include his rushing touchdowns, he's on pace for four of those. Okay. So, pretty good year either way. But when you Azer stat... No, that's really 38... To be on pace for 3,800 yards in 16 games, that's not good. Uh, For Aaron Rodgers, that's terrible. Right, but 38 touchdowns, no one's going to sneeze at. I Yeah. And and people overlook the lack of interceptions and, and how valuable that is. You know, it's just... It's a big part. It's a sneaky part of his value. So Tampa Bay at Washington, stat of the game. If you're looking at Tyler Johnson, if he's the second guy, we think he'd be the second guy. The uh, Washington football team has played eight games. In five of them, two receivers, multiple receivers, at least two, have scored 14 or more PPR fantasy points. And Kansas City had two receivers score 13 or more, or about 13 and a half. So you've gotten, you know, a start-worthy game from a number two receiver in six out of eight games. Not a not necessarily a great game, but 13, 14 or more PPR fantasy points. So it'll be interesting if Scotty Miller plays. He's uh, hoping to return for this matchup as well. So that could throw a little bit of a wrench into Tyler Johnson. Um, and then you got to factor in is is OJ Howard more involved? Is Cameron Brayton more involved? Is Darren Fells more involved? You know, because no Gronk and and no Antonio Brown and potentially no Chris Godwin. So, uh, but Tyler Johnson's got a chance. In the last game that they played, uh, he scored 11 PPR points. So you saw an uptick in playing time without Antonio Brown on the field. So hopefully that's something to you know build off of. And there's just a, a lot to like about the opportunity for him. And if this is going to be you know maybe multiple weeks for Chris Godwin, which you know hopefully is not the case, but you know you should get ahead of it now and pick up Tyler Johnson. Like I picked him up in almost every league he was available. Um, and uh, just to see, just to see what happens. Okay, let's start with Washington here. Taylor Heineke is basically a sit for you guys. He's been really bad lately. 
and Tampa Bay getting a little bit healthier in the secondary as well. The Washington running backs, who's your favorite in non-PPR? Who's your favorite in full PPR? I'll settle on Gibson in non-PPR. It's McKissick far and away in full PPR. And how much do you like J.D. McKissick? Six running backs have at least four catches. Five running backs have five or more catches uh, against, you know, we, we you can see the, the case for McKissick. That's against Tampa Bay. How much do you like J.D. McKissick this week? Top 24 running back in PPR. Yep. Great DFS play, too. Melvin Gordon or J.D. McKissick? Gordon. Uh, Gordon and non-PPR. I might go McKissick in PPR. DJ Moore or J.D. McKissick? Um, Moore and non-PPR. Um, make me think yeah. maybe McKissick in PPR. PPR. I think he ends up playing the most. I think he gets plenty of targets. We know that Tampa Bay doesn't see a lot of running back rushes per game. They're the lowest in the league. It's around 15 per game. Wouldn't be surprised if Gibson had 10 carries and one or two catches, and McKissick picks, picks up a lot of work in the second half. And by the way, Jarrett Patterson, 6% rostered, another guy that you might want to stash if you have an empty roster spot. A good stash. And as for McLaurin, this Bucks defense hasn't allowed a touchdown or 100 yards to a wide receiver in five straight games. They're starting to yeah. play much better against the pass. I know. You do have to consider the opponents, right? It's Yeah, it's 100%. Well, I don't know if it's 100%. Well, it's Washington now. I, I forgot. Well, it's Terry McLaurin. You know, they faced New England, Miami, Philadelphia. I hope Chicago, Terry McLaurin's better than the the Saints guys, than the the Bears guys, including what we've seen now from Allen Robinson, the Eagles guys, the Dolphins guys, the Patriots guys. You go back to the Rams game when they faced a player of his caliber, and they got beat up by Cooper Cup. They got beat up by Deshaun Jackson. So I think we're going to see Terry McLaurin have a good enough game. Uh, don't get me wrong; I still have him ranked as a top twenty-four receiver, but he's not top twelve for me. Yeah, he's top ten for me. Yeah, I know you guys are pretty different. It's kind of like Lockett, I think. But I think, to be fair, McLaurin has basically been Tyler Lockett this year. He has three huge games, and he has five games five games with 11 or fewer PPR fantasy points. It's really frustrating. But he's a start. And uh, are you starting the Washington tight end? Tampa Bay, I would say they, they struggle against tight ends. They're not terrible, but they struggle. Uh, low end. I would prefer to avoid it, but if Thomas plays, he's a low-end starter. Right. You know, they're borderline terrible, actually, against tight ends. They're really not good. They've been good the last three games. They've held tight ends to eight or fewer half PPR points. What's this half PPR? Yeah. Are doing half PPR? Throwing, throwing me off. They do half PPR. Okay. Just because it, it's in the middle. Okay. Uh, but Earth scored a touchdown. Like Cole Komet had 43 yards. It's kind of a lot for him. Tom Brady, not are you... Are you, for him now. are you worried about Tom Brady without... With only Mike Evans, basically. I think you're still starting Tom Brady. You probably lower expectations a little bit. Might only get you 25 fantasy points instead of 30. Okay. If he was playing anybody else, then yeah, I'd be concerned. But this team's so bad. Most fantasy points allowed to wide receivers or to quarterbacks and close in wide receivers. If Chris Godwin doesn't play, I might make Mike Evans number one. <laughs> He's probably top three for me. Leonard Fournette. Is behind James Conner, right? Yes. Okay. Fournette or... Yeah, I mean, he's top 15. He's not top 10, but he's close. Uh, Leonard Fournette or Dearness Johnson, if Chubb's out? Fournette. Uh, Fournette, but it's close in non-PPR. This is actually a pretty tough matchup. They have a very good run defense, 3.5 yards per carry to running backs, and Fournette has basically only faced... 
good match. He's only done well against good matchups. And the you know, he faced the Saints and he was terrible. But this is not exactly the Saints. Um so something to keep in mind. I'm probably not gonna DFS Leonard Fournette, but he has a good chance to score always. Yeah, I agree with that, but it, especially with all the receivers that they're down, it might make Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich tell Tom Brady hand off a little bit more. Also Let's just get out of here. Giovanni Bernard a good sleeper this week too. Yeah, and of course Fournette is, has nine targets over his last two games, which is kind of low for him. I mean, he's pretty involved. All right, OJ Howard, four percent rostered. Do you think if if Chris Godwin is out, OJ Howard is a start worthy tight end? Streamable leagues uh, like Scott Fishbowl, for example, uh, those type of formats. You're desperate at tight end, sure, but the last time we thought Howard's going to be good, Cameron Brait was the guy that they focused on. So it's just so hard to to tell what they're going to do. All right. And we talked enough about he's 2,700 on DraftKings. So if he gets you eight PPR points, which isn't a, a slam dunk, he basically needs to score. But in a tournament, you could start him. Tampa Bay's DST is fourth for everyone. And just seeing now, quick update Will Fuller may play next week. So that's terrific. All right. We're going to take a quick break on that Will Fuller, Fuller note. When we come back, Rams and 49ers. Can the 49ers put up some points on this Rams defense? Uh, we will be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's talk about the Rams and the 49ers. This game in San Francisco. Big game for San Francisco. They got to figure out if they're, you know, alive in that wild card race. Because it's going to matter maybe for the Garoppolo versus Lance debate, which is fantasy relevant, of course. Versus jobs for John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, too, potentially. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's weird. It's been kind of an underwhelming tenure except for one amazing year. You know, the stat of the game, Jimmy Garoppolo, I mentioned this earlier, 300 yards in back-to-back games for the first time since 2017. And they've thrown 40, they've, they've lost five games this year. They've thrown 40 to 41 passes in three of those five losses. Now, the other two games, one was a Trey Lance start, and he ran the ball a, a lot. And the other game was the the pouring rain, what was it called? The uh, something bomb, bomb cyclone. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah game against the Colts where horrible conditions to throw the ball. My point is you're getting a ton of pass volume in games. That, like if we expect it, if it goes the way it's expected to go, you might get 40 passes and that's huge, obviously for Debo, for Kittle, for Ayuk. So uh, Dave, why don't you start giving your t- thoughts on the 49ers passing game? I think Debo Samuel and George Kittler locked into the lineups at this point. You know what to expect from Kittle. Hopefully you get it. Debo, too, should still continue to see a decent amount of targets. I know last week was disappointing. Ayuk broke out. I I can't help but wonder if Ayuk is the one that is the odd man out this week. Well, Debo still had nine targets last week, right? It's not like he... I know he didn't he did. do much with it, but it wasn't like he, he was ignored. Yeah. So He also wasn't 100%. He's not on the injury report this week, so I wonder how much he was you know, dealing with calf injury. Uh, look, th- this is going to be this type of offense now when everybody's healthy. You know, Debo was thriving with Kittle not there, with Ayuk not playing well. If Ayuk is back to any extent of what he was last year, and last week's indica- last week's game to give you an indication that he's close to that, then he's going to lose a little bit. 
So, you know, maybe he's not a top 10 receiver anymore, but you're still starting him. And I usually give you some semblance of hope as a number three receiver. And obviously you're going to start Kittle. So, yeah, Garoppolo's certainly got a chance. It's just a matter of can he take advantage of this defense, which should have Von Miller on the field now. And so, you know, how, how much of a problem is that going to be for them? It's going to really, be a problem. They're, they're without their right tackle for the rest of the way. They're starting right um, tackle. Lynch, Mike. Yeah, well, Williams yeah. is back, right? He's healthy. I Trent think Williams so. Is back. Yeah. That'll help. For as long as he stays healthy. All right, so I wasn't. I was more asking about Ayuk and Debo. Uh, I didn't think everyone who has Kittle was probably going to start Kittle. Let, let me knock out Kittle real quick. If you picked up a streamer, is there anyone? You know, is there a Dalton Schultz or Dallas Goddard or something? Are you starting over no, George Kittle? No. Okay. No. Nope. So, so in terms Top of four. Debo is still a must start. Yes. Okay. Then Number two receiver. What about Ayuk? Decent I mean, flex. Look, we, we, again, I, I'll, I'll keep saying this. Most leagues are three receiver leagues. He's starting for you. He's behind, I would guess, Robert Woods. He's not in a, he's not a starter in a two-receiver league, but in a three-receiver league, he should be in your lineup. He's okay. behind Robert Woods. Okay, yeah, Cole behind. Beasley or Brandon, Beasley or Ayuk? Um, Beasley for me, but I, I can certainly see Ayuk better in non-PPR. Brandon Ayuk or Zach Moss, if he plays, obviously. Ayuk in PPR. Jordan Howard or Brandon Ayuk? Ayuk. Take my chances with Ayuk. I'd start Ayuk over Sutton. I'd start him over Landry. I'd start him over Elijah Moore. I'd start him over AJ Green, even if DeAndre Hopkins does not play. Yeah, I'm I'm yeah. with you. Over every Cardinals player, over every Broncos not named Judy, over every Jets receiver, over every Browns receiver. All right. For the Rams. Every Patriots receiver. Straightforward stuff for the Rams. Every Jaguars receiver. I kind of like Marvin more. <laughs> oh, interesting. Uh, straightforward They're stuff for the Rams. I'm, I'm Guys, huh? it's just Rams stardom. Except Higby. Uh, yeah, Higby. I mean, look, Higby's, you know, it, it just, the thing with Higby is, uh, and, you know, he had, uh, I think, a good way of breaking this down yesterday when we were talking of start sets, that Higby is kind of goes against everything if you're uh, a, a, a true stat guy. Like, if you're going against opportunity, red zone opportunity, playing time. I mean, he just, he gets it all and he just not, he's not doing anything with it. And so um, it's a, uh, it's an interesting matchup. The 49ers I think are top five in fantasy, fused fantasy points, a lot of tight ends. So they've clearly done a good job against the position, but mm. at one, one of these weeks, he's going to have a big game. He only has one good game against them in his last five meetings. And it was the stretch when he was awesome. Um, so otherwise he's just been kind of nondescript against the 49ers. So, I don't want to start him. Like I would start Dan Arnold over him. I would start Logan Thomas if he plays over him. Um, obviously Dalton Schultz and, and Dallas Goddard and those guys. But I don't think I'm going to necessarily make a significant transaction on my roster to have to drop somebody else to carry two tight ends unless I'm just dropping Higby for one of those guys. I will never forget the winter of Higby. Uh, <laughs> Niners have allowed at least nine and a half half PPR fantasy points to a tight end in two of their last three touchdowns to the road dog, Jesse James and Mo Ali Cox. And, and Higby should have had a good game last week. He had a touchdown called off the board because he stepped out of bounds in the knucklehead. So hopefully they find him in the end zone again this week. And this time, both feet inbounds, Tyler. Inbounds. All right. What, what is your thought? Let's finish up on this game here. Your thoughts on Elijah Mitchell. Your guys are lower on him than Heath is, but you still have him as a top 20 guy. And what is the deal with Jamichael Hasty? Did... Did not practice yesterday, so not a good sign, which is a, a, a help 
for Mitchell. Yeah. Because as we saw, the role in the passing game was was nice. But this is a tough defense for them. I mean, you know, this this is going to be a defense that challenges them and, and challenges how great they run the ball. So I don't think you're getting your benching Mitchell, but I would just lower the ceiling for Mitchell. Okay. All right. There have been uh there have been four running backs with fifteen to eighteen carries against the Rams. And Montgomery had 100 yards in week one. The others have been around 50 yards. That was Jonathan Taylor, James Conner, and Alex Collins. They had 47 to 51 yards. So you got to hope if he gets those 15 to 18 carries, you got to hope that he can outperform that or maybe score. You know, you get a lot of touchdowns. If from Hasty's out, and if Hasty's out, I think Jeff Wilson gets a significant opportunity. He'll play at least a third of the snaps. All righty. Uh, Rams DST is top five. Got two more games. Carolina at Arizona. Stat of the game number one. First of all, I want to give some credit to James Conner because in a lot of people's minds, he's what he was the first half of this first half of the season, first quarter of the season, I guess. Uh, not doing anything explosive, terrible yards per carry, just scoring. But in his last four games, he's averaging 4.9 yards per carry. He had a 16-yard carry. He had an 18-yard carry. He had a 35-yard carry all in his last four games. So he is hitting his stride. I don't know what the difference is, but he's not what he was in the first five games where he was just a plotter, lucky to score. Good stuff there. That's that of the game number one. Houston three games ago and averaged six yards per carry there, and he had 21 carries for 96 yards in a blowout last week, and he was averaging, that's 4.6 yards per carry. Yeah, but it's four games in a row he's averaging four-something per carry. Yes, that's true, but one of those games he was five for 22 one of those right. games. I mean, it's four point four. You're getting your yards per carry, but the volume, the volume. Forget was about that absolutely game last week, and that's what's going to continue this week. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I know you guys love James Conner, must start guy. Um, stat of the game number two, and uh, this is about DJ Moore, AJ Brown. This is wide receivers against Arizona. AJ Brown, Julio Jones, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, all of the Jaguars, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Brandon Cooks, Debo Samuel, sixty-five or fewer yards. All of them. Five of them did score, but all of those great receivers for the most part, 65 or fewer yards. As I mentioned, Arizona, very good against number ones, pretty bad against everyone else, but I don't know if there's anything. Let's just sum it up. Jamie, DJ Moore, we, we've talked so much about him this week, but your final thoughts. I think he's a borderline starter. You know, it's a, uh, it, I'm, I'm in a two receiver league. He's obviously starting in a three receiver league. It's, uh, it's, it's a hope that P.J. Walker is going to get him going. It's a hope that McCaffrey, again, back on the field, the normal Christian McCaffrey, not the one we saw last week, which was a shake-the-rust-off game, not playing a full lot of snaps, that there's the threat of what he can do. So I think, if uh, again, if you have somebody that you really love, Cole Beasley in PPR, for example, would be would be one. Hunter Renfro in PPR would be another. Um, you know, Jerry Judy, I would start over DJ Moore. Uh, those, Christian those Kirk? Cal- Huh? Christian Kirk? No, just because I think with AJ Green back and most likely if, if it's a Colt McCoy or a banged up uh, Kyler Murray, I, I wouldn't trust it as much. But um, you know, it, it's it, there's no semblance of confidence with DJ Moore right now. I, I'm I'm hoping that we get to next week and he's you know does something to still make you feel good, uh, doesn't ruin your week, and then Cam comes in and Cam gets him going against a bad Washington defense. Okay, start James Conner. Sit you know Benjamin, but let's see what his role is. He's 31 percent rostered. And uh, yeah, you guys said you'd prefer Christian Kirk if he it, over AJ Green, but um, I also mentioned career high yards per target for AJ Green. So I, you know, I look, I, these guys are usable, right? If Kyler play, well, even if Kyler doesn't play, Christian Kirk had a great game last week. 
Six catches for 91 yards on six targets. Yeah, and that was in a blowout win where he could have had maybe more opportunities if they're chasing points. Right. So I guess uh, they're okay. They're okay, those guys, if whether or not Kyler plays, but obviously better. If Again, three receiver leagues, they're starting for you. All right. Starter sit Zach Ertz. Don't, Don't feel great starting him. And which I'd rather go with Higby, go oh. with Arnold over both of them. Okay. He will be better than Mike Gusecki. <laughs> which streamers would you start over Kyler Murray? Wentz for sure. Uh, Ryan, if he's in that category. Um, the one that I'm torn on is Derek Carr. But right now I have Murray one spot ahead. Our right now I only have one ahead. It just once. Okay, our last game is Atlanta at Dallas. So yeah, Kyler or Matt Ryan rather coming off a huge game, thirty-one points at New Orleans. He scored seven points, I think, the week before that against Carolina, right? So why do you guys seem to have a pretty decent amount of confidence in Matt Ryan, Dave? We've seen Dallas get beat deep by the deep ball last week. Um, they've allowed thirty-four passes of twenty-plus yards. That's sixth most, including seven in the last two weeks. That's the eighth most. So this past defense that we thought was getting better, maybe not necessarily so good at allowing those deep throws. Uh, you mentioned earlier that Randy Gregory is going to be out. So the pass rush back to being kind of a question mark. I still think they can be good with Micah Parsons there. Um, but I, I still think that Matt Ryan is going to throw enough. That volume will help him. The fact that they can't run the ball worth a lick will help Matt Ryan find a way to close to 22 fantasy points. My only concern, and it's a small one, but it's a concern, is the defensive coordinator for the Cowboys. Mm, yep. Good point. That's a good call. Yeah. Uh, it's funny to think, you know, man, he just doesn't have very good receivers right now. Well, Cordaro Patterson is his number one receiver, and obviously Kyle Pitts. Uh, Patterson or James Conner? Uh, Conner for me, but it's it's close. Uh, this game, if if the Cowboys don't stop Matt Ryan will be the highest scoring game of the week. I hope so. I like Patterson over Connor, PPR. Okay, Mike Davis, starter sit? Sit. Cut. Russell, G <laughs> Russell Gage is a number four receiver in non-border. Yeah, pretty much number four receiver both ways. That look, somebody, I mean, Dallas, I guess it's Patterson, really. Somebody's got to produce on them. It's probably Patterson. Dallas. Well, it yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm assuming it'll be Pitts. I think Dallas is just awful against tight ends. They're 21st, but I just think you look at the game log; they're just not good. So how are they against wide receivers? Right, they're not, he's not good there. He is, I, he's not. He is a hybrid. He is a true hybrid. Don't tell me he's not a tight end, and I won't tell you he's not a wide receiver because he does. He does. He doesn't block, but in terms of where he lines up, he's not an X receiver. Fair. Yes, okay. and they I'll are the, they are team hybrid. Uh, by the way, I don't. I would don't know for sure, but I if we went back, I'm not sure that a linebacker covered Mike Kosicki once all night. I think it was a cornerback. Every time I looked, it was a cornerback or, or a safety. Yeah, it was a defensive back. Uh, all right, Dak is a, is top seven. Start Zeke. I mean, all right, we know what to do with the Cowboys, but what about now with Gallup coming in? Your level of confidence, Jamie and Cooper and Schultz and and Lamb. I mean, mostly the, the confidence is waning in, in Schultz just because, you know, I, I think that's the one who probably loses the most 
but you know, we'll see in terms of his red zone targets, his red zone opportunities, you know, how much they're going to throw out, throw Gallup out there uh, right away, you know, for this week in particular. Um, but yeah, I think they're all going to lose to a certain extent. So um, whereas, you know, most weeks, the the hope is that they're borderline number one guys. They're probably back end number two guys this week. If, if Gallup commands the same type of targets we saw in week one. Kyle Pitts is lined up in the slot 41% of the time out wide 30% of the time. So you're right. He's not totally a wide receiver. About a quarter of the time he lines up as a tight end. Uh, what, how much? What percentage? 30%? 28% of the time he lines up as a tight end. So I want to give a little love to Dalton Schultz. I mean, he actually led the team in receiving last week. And it seemed like he had a bad game. But it's like nobody gets on Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper has has been... Uh, week one, he was amazing. Two weeks ago, I think he was amazing. Or he was great against the Vikings. Like I said, those are his only two games of more than 16 PPR fantasy points. He's really been a letdown most weeks. And for reference, there are 18 wide receivers averaging more than 16... Averaging more than 16 PPR fantasy... Or 16 or more PPR fantasy points per game. And Cooper's gotten there twice this year. So uh, I'm interested to see what happens here. But it's almost like uh, like a Terry McLaurin... DJ Moore kind of situation. You get a lot of disappointing games with Amari Cooper. We don't really talk about it much. I think the good thing is the days of them destroying opponents and throwing the ball 25 times, probably over. Hope so. At least not not going to be as normal. Can right. I give the anti-Dalton Schultz argument? Sure. His playing time, uh, I'm sorry, his target rate has started to slide. It's down to 13.8% over his last three games. When he was a big-time breakout for Dallas, it was over 23%. That was weeks two through five. He's had 12 or fewer PPR points in each of his last three games. Gallup, you said, is expected back. If Gallup plays, that's another target that I think Dak might prefer over Dalton Schultz. And, And this is a super small sample size. But in that first half against Tampa Bay, Gallup had 19% of the targets from Dak Prescott. Dalton Schultz had 6%. Mm-hmm. I was going to criticize you for using the sample size, but I myself had it in the notes and was going to bring it up. Only two targets in the first That's half. For Dalton yeah, he had a 15% target rate in the second half. Most of it, most or all of it coming after Gallup left. I don't really think that matters. Oh, yeah, but it's been pretty good against tight ends. It's interesting. Except Gisicki crushed him in week seven. Uh, all right, so Dalton Schultz or Zach Ertz? Schultz. Ertz. Dan Arnold or Dalton Schultz? Dan. Schultz. Tyler Conklin or Dalton Schultz? Schultz. I have Schultz ranked higher for now. I think I'm going to change it to Conk. Okay. Conk over Gronk this week. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will will talk to you with the mailbag. Oh, that's right. We have the mailbag. Yeah, you know the schedule. I'm not going to give it out anymore. I'm going to go get you some know, water. Last night was Lamar Jackson's first red zone interception of his career. No. No, I didn't know that. On the last play of the game, basically. His career red zone stats, this is according to Jeff Kerr, who works for us at CBS. Uh, 723 yards, 57 touchdowns, one interception after last night. And 15 rushing touchdowns in the red zone. Hmm. Wow. He has had another, you know, he's one of those players, like some of the guys I mentioned. He's going to have great stats, but when you look at the game log, it's been three huge games and a lot of disappointment for uh, Lamar Jackson. 
Have a great day, everybody. We'll talk to you on the mailbag. See ya. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.